all the books we never read, the podcast that helps you conquer the literary white whales in your life. I'm Sarah the Library Girl, your book club host and fellow never finisher, and we'll get through this together. Before we get started on this week's chapters, I wanted to correct something from last week. So the chapter we ended on last week was supposed to have been the first for this week based on the Dickens serial publishing schedule. It would have been a better ending to leave us hanging with the knowledge that Creepy Rigaud, or now we know as Lanier, um, was out and about again. And the Bleeding Heart Yard part um, ties in with today's reading so much better. But what's done is done. So onward we go. Um, today we're discussing chapters... 13 and 14 to get us back on track. But first, let's recap chapter 12 a little bit. So Mr. Clennam visited Bleeding Heart Yard and Little Dorrit's friends, the Plornish family. And uh, um, Clennam enlists Plornish to run his errand of secretly paying off Tip Dorrit's gambling debts to get him released um, as a kind gesture to the family. Um, Also, we learned that the landlord of the Bleeding Heart Yard was a Mr. Casby, whose name is familiar to Arthur from his youth. And thus we pick up with chapter 13, entitled Patriarchal. I just wanted to make a little note here on this chapter title, since we've already heard a lot about the father of the Marshalsea, and here we have another stately father-like figure being introduced. I thought that was really interesting, and I think that's kind of a theme. I was finding some other things, um, other readings online about this theme of fatherhood and genealogy and you know the sins of our fathers etc um being a theme for this book um so having been reminded of the name casby arthur decides to go look up the casby family after all he and flora who is the daughter of mr casby our landlord um well they had had somewhat of a romantic entanglement in their youth um though how young i don't really know i don't think i even know how old Arthur is. I should probably try to figure that out. Um, when he comes to the Casby house, when we meet Christopher Casby, much is made of the old man's physiognomy. I think I'm saying that right. His shiny bald head with the long gray hair around the back. Um, um, and this appearance apparently prompts um, the local people to call him uh, the patriarch, um, referring to I guess, old Bible illustrations that would have had Noah or Abraham looking somewhat similar. Um, I know I've seen pictures like this. You know how you look at stained glass windows and St. Peter always has that weird little tuft in the forehead and then a bald top and then some hair in the back. They're always portrayed kind of the same. Um, But yeah, um, I'll have to look up some pictures and post them on Instagram. Anyway, um, so Mr. Casby is the patriarch here. Um... So Arthur and Casby have my favorite conversation in the book up to this point um, in this chapter. So upon um, reacquainting themselves with each other, Christopher Casby says, We are older, Mr. Clenham. And Arthur said, responds, We are not younger. And I love how that's actually written out. We are, dash, not younger, said Clenham. After this wise remark, he felt he was scarcely shining with brilliancy and became aware that he was nervous. This sums up the entire chapter and the secondhand awkwardness I feel while reading it. Um, there's nothing like running into people who you haven't seen you in over a decade and not quite not quite knowing what to say to them. Um, but as uncomfortable as this exchange is um, with Mr. Casby, it gets worse. 
So Arthur's invited to stay and visit with his old beau, Flora, who he learns has been married and widowed in the time that he's been gone. If there had been any hope of renewing that relationship, and I think there was a little bit of inkling um, on Arthur's part because his mind is called back to her. Um, even when he's back at home talking to Afri, she mentions her. Um, all hope kind of quickly swip, um, slips away within seconds of reacquainting um, Arthur and Flora. Um, and as much as I hate to say anything unkind about my own sex, I have to say that Arthur kind of dodged a bullet on Flora. Um, so yes, she has been unfortunately widowed young and left the questionable legacy of her late husband's uh, loony old aunt. But she seems to hold on with a death grip to the affectations of you know, a stylish young lady, which might have been charming or cute as a child or, you know, I don't know, a teenager. I don't know what time they would have been dating or courting or whatever. But at the age that she's presented here is kind of scary. Um, all of the little whisperings and sweet nothings still hang on and just kind of creep me out. And I really cannot stand Flora. Um, so, you know, Arthur stays for dinner and... The aunt says some vaguely threatening things, and I actually kind of love the aunt a lot. She's she's one of my favorite characters in this chapter. Um, and then Clinton departs with Mr. Pinks, who we learn is in Casby's employ, um, and I think he's he's just the person who's sent out to do the grunt work of bringing back um, the rent money from Mr. Casby's different. Um, different rental properties. Um, and I just really love uh, Mr. Panks and the descriptions of him huffing and snorting and puffing, and they call him the tug. Um, just an industrious, snorting man, um, as funny as that sounds. I just really enjoy him. Um, so then after Mr. Clennam has returned home from this dinner party, um, he has another little party of its own, um, our next chapter is called Little Dort's Party. Um, so he is at home, and um, he receives a visit from Little Dort, um, who he had just been thinking about. Um, and this whole chapter is so sweet and gentle and then ending so sadly that um, your heart just breaks for Little Dort here. Um, so she comes with Aunt, with Maggie, um, her her friend, um, the child, uh, who calls her little mother, um, to visit Arthur and um, in a roundabout way thank him um, for paying off Tip's debts. Um, somehow she's found out about that. And she says, if I were to know, I would thank him such. Um, and he says, you know, oh, whoever did this um, doesn't need any thanks. They just want to see you happy. And it's all sweet and lovely. Um, and so Dorit, little Dorit, um, you know, sits and talks with Arthur for a little while and Maggie eats chicken and things like that, which is to her heart's delight and drinks some wine. And she says it's better than the hospital. Bless Maggie. Um, so, but Dorit uh, sits and talks with Arthur and, she, you know, encourages him, him to um, be a friend to her father, but for his own sake, 
well, her father's sake, really, not to encourage the whole money asking thing because she wants to preserve her father's pride. And um, in the nicest way possible, and I don't really, I don't know, I have a hard time still sometimes with Amy. I guess it's just I don't understand a father who doesn't um, who doesn't provide um, the way that the you know my father and the way I see fathers in my life providing. So the fact that she is still respectful um, of his status of her father, um, despite kind of his failure um, to even thrive, much less provide, um, is just really interesting to me. Um, and she leaves. Arthur's, um, and he kind of follows her to make sure that she's going to get home all right. Um, and she turns down the corner and he assumes that she's home. But then she and Maggie end up um, spending the night just wandering around the streets because they don't have, I really do have a place to go, but only if they open the door. Um, so she's locked out of the Marshall Sea and she just wanders the streets and encounters different people throughout this chapter, um, and it's sad, she just, it's so sad, it breaks my heart, and so the chapter title, obviously, we, we read this in here, is that, um, when she's gone, she tells her father that she's going to a party, um, and, um, some party this turns out to be, um, so yeah, so that ends our readings for this week, and, Next week, we are reading, I'm not even going to say, I'll just post it along with this, assuming the next three or four chapters. Um, and apparently, Mrs. Flintwinch is going to have another dream in the next chapter. So, but character roll call, let me check on this real quick. So we have Arthur, as usual. We're going to have Arthur and Little Dorrit in most of these chapters from here on out. Um, we have uh, Christopher Casby the landlord of the Bleeding Heart Yard. We have his daughter, Flora. Daughter Flora's aunt by marriage. Um, and then Mr. Pink's, the solicitor? I don't know what solicitors are. I don't know what Mr. Pink's is. Um, but Mr. Pink's, the tugboat man. Um, and then Amy, I said that already. And Maggie. Um, and I believe that is it as far as named characters for this week. Um, yes, so that's this week's readings. Um, I may or may not have lost some of you at this point with our crazy schedule, and I apologize for that. Um, but I'm trying to keep on track here um, with you know my reading of this book and then reading of um, for my schoolwork um, because information science is, whew, it is some hefty reading there. Um, Am I surprised? No, I'm not surprised. Um, and I was, I did have um, something from my sister to read to you all. So my sister is one of you listeners and readers. Um, and this past week we met up for Chick-fil-A and Starbucks. And at Starbucks we just basically hung out and read our respective copies of Little Dort in the respective places we are at. And um, she made an interesting observation that I had not um, caught on to that Mr. Barnacle of the Circumlocution Office. His name is Tight, T-I-T-E, Barnacle. But she made the observation um, because she is of a punny mind. Um, she really likes making puns. 
that um, you could also say T-I-G-H-T, barnacle, a man who's, you know, sticking to his rules or maybe, I don't know, sticking to his money or something like that. It was interesting. Um, so I have my sister, Megan, to credit for that. Um, and let's see what other notes we had here. Yeah, that was about it. So that is this week's reading again. Um, I am Sarah the Library Girl, your host and fellow never finisher, and we are out.